So okay. Jimmy, let's uh, let's get started here. We're oh wait, they left. Charm City Mob just left us. Come back. Maybe they're not used to uh, this Skype technology that you and I, us old men, are using here. But welcome to another edition of Rooster and the Devil, Jimmy. Ah oh, shit, I always do that. Rooster and the villain, Jimmy, former it's, devil. How you doing? Is. I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, yeah, we're um, you know building this uh, building this airplane in the sky. Um, you know, uh, we've been talking about some of the U S open stuff that's going on games still going on while we're recording here. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a fun time. Like I, I, I legitimately forgot how much fun, even in its bastardized version, how much fun the U S open cup is. Um, what's your history with the, with the U S open cup? Like, I remember like watching it a bunch, like, uh, um, when I was, when I was younger, it used to be really all I watched because like, um, you, you talk back like when we were like coming out of high school, that was like the the darkest days, if you will, for MLS, right? I think that was when they were down to like what was it, ten or twelve clubs. Yeah. Um, and so the US Open Cup was was cool because you got like you got, you know, teams, you know, from all divisions. Um, you know, I, I know that you shared an article on on the on the Twitter account from um from our friend Josh about uh, the Rochester raging rhinos, uh, triumph in 99. Um, then you think back to Charleston battery in which, you know, I had the, the fun pleasure of going to visit their stadium and getting some swag, um, a couple like about a month ago. Um, but they made a run in 2008 to the finals before they lost. So, um, you know, it, other like people forget, you know, cause MLS has absolutely dominated the last couple of years, but, there is lots of fun lower level league soccer. Um, and I love that, you know, for whatever hatred I have for ESPN, I love that I have ESPN plus on right now and I can watch, I'm watching the Birmingham, um, you know, Southern States game, but you get to see some of these clubs like, and actually get to see them uh, live, even if you can't make it in person. So there's so many um, good things about the U S open cup is, First of all, I think back to the days when we interviewed all the soccer players and we had a bunch of USL championship guys come on the mm-hmm. pod and they were just talking about the level of USL championship being not that much less than MLS. And I, I think MLS is to be looking over their shoulder a little bit and you hear about USL ambitions. Now, if, if you see a USL championship, win the US open cup, it'd be huge. It would be, well, it would be awesome. about the the ramifications are more now than they've ever been. Right. Because even like go back 10 years, you didn't have, um, the opportunity to like, all right, you win the U S open cup. That means you get to go play in the CONCACAF champions league. Like, could you imagine the USL championship club getting into that tournament? It'd be like, so awesome. It, w- it would be, it'd be fun. I mean, they might it, like, do okay in that tournament too. If, I mean, this, if you want to chance, if you want to dream with me, you fucking dreamers, like, can you imagine uh-huh. we get it? We get like, we get USL team, or or any any uh, non MLS team from the US uh, right now it's most likely to be USL. Okay, okay, but that. at any rate, like, we, like yeah, we'll, we'll say USL just for our sake of our, our our crazy dream here. You know, you're able to get in and you win the US Open Cup, and then you go to the Concacaf Champions League and somehow you make a miraculous run. You when you win that, could you imagine seeing like a club like? Um, you know, we, we've interviewed, like I said earlier, I'm watching the Birmingham game right now. Like we've interviewed, uh, Bruno, Bruno Lapa, Lapa. Fan, yeah. fantastic player. Um, but you can you imagine a club like that, you know, getting in and winning the CONCACAF champions league. And then you see them playing in the club world cup with, you know, the best clubs from all over the world. Like that's, 
it's crazy, but that's, I was very excited about USL last year. I mean, say what you will about the franchise fees and everything, but the league yeah. has ambition. They're setting themselves up to have multiple levels and seem to be doing pretty well at it. I think, I think there's still a supporter issue in, in the country in general mm-hmm. where, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what what's going to happen there. Like, I, I feel like U S soccer is growing and obviously a, a cup run in U S open cup would do a lot for that. But yeah, I mean, dream, the dream, man, that would be so nice. I would love to see another league come up and overtake MLS. I didn't even take over, overtake MLS. Bastards. Like I just don't like, I love, I, I forgot how much I love the U S open cup because you get to see, like we sit there and we, and we harp on, you know, the pyramid and we harp on this, and we harp on that. And like at the end of the day, what the U S open cup gives us like, and granted, I'm sure once we get all these MLS teams dropping into, into it, you know, we're, we're going to have to see that because of the disparity in money and spending and, and everything else. But in the meantime, it's no longer conjecture. It's no longer this or that. It's literally the teams on the field and the opportunity for upsets. It's the same. It's the same reason why like English people love the FA cup and the care about like those, um, those sort of tournaments because you get to see some of that stuff. You get to see MLS teams come down and have to play at some regional, um, you know, uh, some regional stadium that, you know, that's uh, community owned and stuff like that. You know, it's, that part is cool. And like, it's, it's the only thing that us soccer has that feels real and authentic. Like no matter how hard MLS tries, it just doesn't have that same sort of feel that us open cup does. So I'm glad that it's back. I hope that we can get past this, this, this year's version of the bastardized version and, and, you know, some in, in MLS and us soccer don't completely destroy the opportunities for all the lower level clubs. But, um, yeah, right now it's I, I, it's just fun to see them on TV, and I'm I'm happy it's back. I do wish that all the oh, the games were played at the lower league stadium because you do, mm-hmm. do not see that for U.S. Open Cup. Did you hear a little bit of that Josh Hackala interview we had on the last episode where they're talking about how they select the field? I, I didn't hear that. It's part. all I've money. Been re- I've been I've money. been reading I've been reading so many of his articles since the interview though because like like uh, all the content he's producing like the. Um, like I, I mentioned earlier, the, the Rochester raging rhino story and stuff like that, they done for four, four, two, like it's, it's just excellent work. So I, I do appreciate the work he's done. Um, I, I wish I had gotten back to see the interview, but I, that's all good. I give it, that. give it a listen. Uh, you and everybody else listening to this because Absolutely. if you're interested in the U S open cup, it's definitely worth checking out. And, and I was a newbie heading into this year's version of the U S open cup. I had heard of it. I had gone to a game up at uh, in Germantown to see DC United one time playing it, but I didn't realize what I was watching. So it's a good starting point for anybody looking to get into it. And the reason that I got into it this year is because I have a hometown rooting interest now in the Maryland Bobcats. And um, the Bobcats took on the Riverhounds away in Pittsburgh. And I will say that it was t- horrific conditions on turf. It was rainy. And it was windy right along the river. And if you've ever played on turf at night in the rain, the ball <laughs> flies. You cannot control that ball. Yeah. It skips off of it. So the game itself was a shit game in general. There was just, there was no, um, there's no flow. There's no, you know, the Maryland, the Bobcats actually hung tough. They only lost two nothing, but 
it was just a slog of a game. It wasn't, it wasn't all that entertaining. And I, I think if they would have played that field on a but, nice day on grass, it could have been different. I don't want to cut in, but it looks like we might have somebody in with us. I saw a message. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, there's just seven people on this call. No, two of seven. Oh, are you sure someone's on here? I saw someone message said hello. Oh, let me see. All right, let's get him in here. Moderator Mike. Hello. This is a minute ago. I don't get how he's. Uh, all right, CCM. We got a guest in here. We actually threw up a link on Twitter for the first time. We've talked about doing this for a long time. Oh yeah. But uh, <laughs> we we needed a question, man. Come on. <laughs> or we could just keep talking. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I'll I'll uh, I'll go on my little uh, tangent about uh, um, yeah, I think this works. I'll go on my tangent about like how I feel about turf. Like I understand that the opportunity for these teams to like, you know, have stadiums and have fields like turf, you know, is easier to care for in the long run. Um, but it's not it's not soccer. Like I mean, it, uh. I thought it was unfair, like, uh, what was it, the 2013 or 2017 uh, Women's World Cup where they went to Canada. I can't remember which one it was. Um, or one of those off years. I think it was Canada, anyway, yeah. Yeah, but it was in Canada, and they like they hadn't played on turf. And, like, that's just – that level of soccer shouldn't be played on turf. And um, uh, it is it is a huge difference. Like, as somebody, like, you know, when I was growing up, we played on um, – on grass fields and then we got to like higher level tournaments I ended up on turf like teams that play on turf are used to that it's a it's a it is a different experience the way the ball speed is um i actually played stuff. i played up at germantown soccerplex where the bobcats play that same night at 10 p.m in the rain and the ball was just it was impossible it's the sloppiest <laughs> game and the, it, the way the ball rick it ricochets off of turf mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just it's not a surface you want to be playing on which makes me appreciate and I want I want to walk back a comment I said about the Bobcats before is they have a beautiful grass field it's about 5000 person stadium and it's just a perfectly maintained field and in the past I said that they should move to somewhere downtown and with more people maybe play on turf I'm walking that back because it's just like a it's a beautiful grass stadium and it was fun to see it full of people it's about 800 people in the crowd on last Saturday night um so it got me all hyped about the Bobcats. I was hoping they'd make a little run in the U.S. Open Cup, but wasn't meant to be, so 2-0. Um, but do you want to talk about some of the other NISA squads in the U.S. Open Cup right now? Yeah, so, um, you know, we do have a couple other NISA squads that got some wins. I saw Flower City got a win, um, and it looked like... Um, yeah, so Flower saw, City, yeah, yeah, they got their first win of the season, and that's who the Bobcats beat up badly. Uh, at home the other night when we went on Saturday, it was five, one, six, one. I forget one of the two. I should know that, but it looks like we have a guest incoming here. A little, little G U. We'll see what this person's all about. We have no idea who's popping in here, but yeah, let's, let's keep it. talking about a little U S open so, cup. while This person gets their ba- audio ba- set up. Everyone's having a problem with Skype, by the way. Oh yeah. Well, we're the, we're the dinosaurs trying to record on Skype. So it's, just, um, it's more, it's more us than you. So if you hear us and, and you're like these jokers and why Skype, can't I talk? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally us. So we apologize. Um, but Bay cities <laughs> also got a win, um, over in Monterey Bay two one um, in San Jose. So like that was a, a couple of NISA wins. 
And that's an easy um, win over a, a USL championship squad is what you're saying. Yeah, I believe so. That's a, um, uh, that's what, it, as it was recorded on the U S soccer site. Um, and then I know they're not, they're no longer Nisa. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, pick at scabs here, but Detroit city FC, um, who are the current Nisa champion holders, if you will, um, right. did take care of business at home against the Michigan stars on Tuesday, three, nothing. So, and then, and then we'll have, we have to point out the owner and apparently social media person of the Michigan stars just going and putting out an absolutely absurd, absurd statement. And he, it's just a joke. And, and like we said, we were talking about this before we got on the call is Nisa has a problem with attracting absolutely shite owners. What is going it, on here with new Amsterdam and Chicago house? That's a disaster. And now get this Michigan stars a hole off of Twitter, Aaron, all his dirty laundry. He just seems like a psycho. It's not the first time they've had that, like the report about the Michigan stars owner either. Um, you know, I think it, it really hinders what, you know, what Nisa at its core was trying to build. Um, unfortunately, you know, when you are starting out and you have limited opportunities, limited resources, you do tend to take what you can get. And unfortunately you do have some of that. I, I think it, does poorly overshadow clubs that are doing it the right way. Like, you know, like yeah. you mentioned the Bob, the Bobcats doing it the right Chattanooga. way. Chattanooga clubs. Yeah. Chattanooga. I think um, Bay cities has had a beautiful rollout. Val United has a all Spanish broadcast and is doing fantastic things. Albion San Diego has a full Academy system. They're an Academy first and now have introduced their first team for the, for the first time. So, so it was Union Al- looks pretty good early on too. at least, you know, appearance wise. So there's so much, there's so much to be happy about in Nisa, but yeah, they keep letting these bad apples in. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't, wasn't Albion, um, the birth of a merger between like 1904 and somebody else. And I yeah. thought, 19, and I thought 1904, um, had some level of investment from Eden hazard. Was that mm-hmm. the, is that the right club? Yeah, it was Eden hazard okay. and, uh, maybe Drogba. I think it was, it was, mm. I thought Drogba was Phoenix Rising because he actually. He, it was. I thought he played Hazard like and someone else, but I forget who. Oh, Demba Ba, the guest uh, came up with. Yes. Hell Thank yes. you. Thank Appreciate you. you, sir. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure how that relationship works, but if I, if anyone that's listening is interested in Nisa, you have to check out Knights Who Nisa because they know everything. They've talked about that before. They definitely would know more than our our pod about that one. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. like we said, plenty of people doing it right. And I do want to bring up Chattanooga's three, one victory over Memphis nine one tonight. And speaking of turf fields, it's a full on turf field with football lines, but they got to play the game at home. I think it made a huge difference in the atmosphere and the, the result. And they also scored a goal within the first minute, which any cup eps, upset ever has to begin with an early goal. In my opinion, or absolutely. I'm tight for 90 well, minutes and getting a free goal at the end. Well, you're, you're talking about, you're talking about like though, you know, most clubs, especially in that position would score that early goal and immediately set back. I mean, uh, what was the, final? was a three, one or three, two. That was the final three one. Yeah. They went up two yeah. Oh, and then Memphis scored an absolute worldy. I don't, and, and I'm a no nothing, but some, I don't know who the, who was that scored that, but a left foot into the upper right hand corner in like the 38th minute or so. And then right in the, extra time of the first half, Taylor gray, former Maryland Bobcat 
you know, cut, cut loose on a little run down on the left side and someone found him right in front of the goal. And he just one timed a little beautiful goal to go up three, one at the half. And then I was at that point I had to put the girls to bed. So then I was on lock <laughs> and after the next 45 minutes, so I oh, missed it until like the 85th minute. But then I, everyone's mad about the broadcast situation in those and every Nisa fan I know is like, oh, they're so USL heavy, so USL heavy, and that's fair. But you know, they they know it's, USL squad. Yeah, it's so, it's it what is. they know, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of the point. Um, speaking of Maryland Bobcats, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you telling me earlier that uh, um, Tormenta FC didn't they take some uh, they took some Nisa players, but weren't some of them Bobcats? Yeah. So the best Bobcats player, hands down, last year, Jake Dangler, a center back. I think he's about 22 years old. Clearly the best player on the Bobcats far and away last year. His long balls were just on point, like pinging them all over the field, like Toby Aldeverald. And uh, yeah, so they signed him in their back line. So I know he's in the middle. And then I've seen some scuttlebutt on uh, another old oh, person. Wow. Word on, <laughs> Good Lord. On Twitter. Um, say that they've signed a number of Nisa, Nisa players throughout the year. So that's definitely... I think so, USL too, as they see Nisa excel in US Open Cup games, they'll start recognizing the league as a as a source of talent did, uh, as well as a mining operation. So, yeah, I did want to mention, you know, they uh, they also got a win um, earlier against the Charleston Battery. You know, obviously a USL uh, championship team, um, and one that's been around for a long time. Um, but yeah, they, uh, yeah, uh, whether you call it or not, they're, you know, us, USL league one team, um, getting a win against the championship team. So, um, good on them, especially with some Nisa uh, alumni. Um, yeah. I mean, it'll be crazy to see some of these MLS squads start getting sprinkled in mm-hmm. and for Chattanooga, for Chattanooga, I, I hope they have another USL championship game before they take on an MLS team. Uh, you know, you, you just have a little bit better of a shot. Uh, although imagine them taking down Goliath, but it just seems I'm unlikely a, here. Is it, is it like, is it mean for me? Not mean, I guess that's not the wrong word. Is it uh disingenuous for me to be like, I can't wait for the, was it there? There's the two um, MLS next pro teams that got allowed into the cup. It was the St. Louis team, which is essentially, the St. Louis club as they get ready to go to MLS next year. And right, then so prepping for, MLS. and then, and then, then Vardy's Rochester, um, uh, New York, uh, uh, FC or whatever the fuck they're called now. Um, I think it's the other Rochester, MLS. New York, FC, Rochester, New York, FC. Um, <laughs> also uh, both of them got wins, um, in the first round, St. Louis beating Indy 11 to nothing. And then Rochester won today, one, nothing over, uh, who was it? Um, over Lansdowne, uh, Yonkers SC, who were Rochester believe, might play Flower City Union next round. Whoa. Very possible, but oh, I man. fear for Flower City Union's life because of the way the Bobcats just annihilated them. Hey, you know what? Like, like, first win. Lower level soccer, man. Like, I mean, I know those guys are like are work hard and they like they they take it seriously, but like also you know stuff can run hot or super cold um, flower city too i will say the first 10 15 minutes of the bobcats game were very much on the front foot they had a couple very good looks at goal and if they would have snuck one in early it would have been a much more nervy affair but yeah the bobcats also had a little bit of an issue getting people in the gates too i will say there's a 
rather large line outside the door with, you know, you're, you're talking 15 minutes into the game, <laughs> but growing pains of, of young clubs. I hope people just brush it off. And I, I do think the crowd had a good time at that game. There's well, beer flowing. There was crab cakes and there was delicious seafood and the crowd was in, in good, good spirits. So it was good. I hope people come out without wondering too much how the sausage is made. Like I, I know you like, initially out loud wondered, Hey, you know, I think the Bobcats should move downtown versus like, all right, now, you know what? Like, I hope they stay where they're at. Like a little bit though. Like it's kind of like, dude, take it easy. You guys live on the East coast. Like everybody lives everywhere. You can get people in the stands where you're at. Um, you know, uh, I think that it's not like you're talking about like, you know, being out in the country in Oklahoma or something like that versus being like downtown Columbus city. So yeah, I mean, there's people. a million people in the metro area here. Yeah. So there's plenty of soccer fans. And I actually think the new – they have a new partnership with a new brewery that made a beer, you know, in collaboration with the Bobcats that they sell at the at the brewery. And they did a meet and greet and everything. And they, this new relationship seems to be paying off for them. And I, I – uh, and the Jimmy Seafood too. They're also doing a, a Premier League watch party in Baltimore at Jimmy Seafood bar and restaurant and yeah well, i think the bobcats it's a beautiful beautiful situation I, I would love to support it it's my pleasure to to watch it on the field really well i think that's you know at its heart that's what um some of these smaller clubs are like you know i live in kalamazoo michigan and we have kalamazoo fc which plays in usl league two um and you know, at its, at its heart, it's, it's more about the being like a community team, right? Like the community has to come out and support it and, and make it an event. And, um, they give back to the, the, like they give back to the community in, in that sense and, you know, do uh, training sessions with youth kids and stuff like that. But they've, um, you know, where the space is, is, you know, re, you know, not replacing, but also being kind of that set up you know, as a, you know, 20, 30 years ago, what like minor league baseball was to some of these communities, you know, where it's, you know, you know, it's something for, it's something so, I don't, a cheap is wrong, but like, it's, it, it's not that expensive to start some of these clubs, especially minor league baseball games are awesome. Yeah. Everyone I've ever been to, I'm, I'm you can make them and I've actually That's described that I've described the Bobcats as like a minor league soccer team atmosphere to friends that don't know. And I got a friend that really had he's not a huge soccer guy he's he's a mexican national team fan and he came to the game with me last week and had a great time yeah that's that's what that's what i'm saying like it's it's different than like you know i again i don't live near a big metro area where there's professional sports teams but i know how expensive it is to to, just for me to go let alone take a family to go versus you know kalamazoo fc plays and i can take my whole family for you know including like drinks and food and stuff. Like I'm inside 40, 50 bucks for, mm-hmm. you know, a family of four. The um, drinks were brewery prices too, which was really nice. Oh yeah. yeah were, like, I was drinking like, a double IPA, a little hazy boy for six seventy five. I was like, okay, that's nice. A little heckling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that, like, that's the thing though. Like, right. Like, I mean, especially in Kalamazoo, like we love beer, like Bell's brewery is based out of Kalamazoo. Like we have a ton of breweries here and like, um, but that's what, that's, that's what it's all about is that it's that local community connection. And I think that, um, if you, if you're doing it right, it, it, it doesn't exactly matter where you are, like, you know, be in the community that you're in and, and, and make it, um, you know, 
make it enjoyable for your fans and make it affordable. And that's, that's really the point. Like that, that'll bring fans in more than anything else. You don't yeah. have to be. It's just, pros. it's just what, what I love about European soccer is this, at least for me, the perceived symbiotic relationship between players and fans. And after the game, you know, you see them clapping up the fans and everything. And it does feel like a symbiotic relationship. I don't know whether I make that up in my mind more than it actually occurs, but I feel like that exists more in soccer. Whereas you see on Twitter and Instagram the last couple of weeks, every time an NBA player swears at a, at a fan on the sidelines, it's praised and it's just <laughs> disgusting. I, I'm also appalled at it all the time. And then the, the Bobcats came and just applauded suck, the fans. Yeah. And NBA fans suck because the product <laughs> sucks. It's commercialized. Yeah. Hell don't get me started on how much I hate basketball. Now I cannot stand NBA. It's the from worst somebody, product. From somebody who's the to be a, uh, a basketball reporter. That's uh, so yep. That I've interviewed, I've interviewed Dwayne Wade, Clay Thompson, Victor Oladipo, Dirk Nowitzki. He was awesome. Jamal Crawford. Also awesome. Just so many, so many. Yep. You, you name Derek Rose. It's just, mm-hmm. I, I was obsessed with basketball. It was everything. And then once I got to see how the sausage was made with basketball, like I hate everybody. They're all just disingenuous millionaire pricks. It does seem to be more about that. Well, we don't want to talk about basketball. Like, yeah. I, I think all right. Value, like, yes. I just want to shout out real quick. Let's, let's end with Nisa and USA open cup. And I want to talk USMNT with you a little bit because we yeah. haven't had a chance to touch base, but Absolutely. value United got, got their first, or no, no, not the first win, but they beat Phoenix rising which we were talking about earlier. Was oh no, they sell. They, they, I'm sorry. They did not. I, I, I told you that wrong. I think that Phoenix rising, um, beat them in extra time. They, yeah. they held them at the one fifteen. That's who's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah was, and uh, Valley United got a, got a red card in the 81st minutes. So they're hanging yes. tough for a while. But that's, that's impressive. You know, Diego. Phoenix rising has been, Phoenix rising has been a good club. Uh, um, uh, I loved the, I don't know if you remember the article from them. I want to say it was a couple years ago. Um, before COVID, anyway, um, about like the dollar beer nights and stuff like that, and the atmosphere oh, that they yeah, created and that. stuff like that. Yeah, that's that was Phoenix. That was Phoenix Rising again. That's just like something so small, just to, just something so small, but it drives a bunch of people there. And huh. whether I almost wonder if the Bobcats should just contract with uh, True Recipe <laughs> to make a light lager and do like three dollar beers I can't quit right right yeah. affordable craft beers so. or it should be like three dollar beers before the game or something yeah. like that one dollar um, beer night's insane that's how you get a, a, a raucous atmosphere oh yeah i mean they like they acknowledge <laughs> it i think that like it's like it's towing the line right like you want to be like walk the line between like hey we're driving a ton of people here versus like Hey, you know, I want to be able to talk about that. It's about soccer and not just about like all the right. drunk people that Get show up. Hammed on for for a night. But like, I think that's, that's fun. It's, uh, um, again, not to take away from soccer, but like, I, I think about like, um, like I live, I used to live in Savannah. Um, what the minor league team there, the Savannah bananas has done with like community engagement and just making the sport fun. Like, and they do, they do actually have a baseball team of like college players that come in and play actual baseball, like for a section of the season, like a, um, I can't remember what league it is. It's some sort of like, like a farm league, Great basically league or something. Yeah. Shit like so, that. Something like that. But like also like the, they have a season before and after where they play what they call banana ball. Like it's just 
all it is is like they drive like fan engagement and like I've uh I stay in touch with them often and um uh the last week you know they've they've offered up tickets for like you know those different periods and they've sold out for the entire season for each one of those segments inside eight hours just because all it was is they said like we we see a segment we want to be local we wanted to have fun and do all so that's all that's that's what these small clubs should should try to do so i'll get off my soapbox but one would say that's what sports are all about jimmy they got a shout on barstool today i saw them do they were doing a little dance in between like before they pitched it they were all doing a little booty dance that's a you know banana that's, bananas that's banana ball baby that's banana all right. ball all right, so um, let's talk USMFC. We, we qualified. Uh, I was gonna say we did have right, one so. more Nisa game that's later okay. tonight, when we do. don't, so we don't have a score. I'm um, actually just gonna kick off here in about eight minutes uh, um, as we as we speak. But um, the California United Strikers are playing uh, San Fernando Valley FC, um, so they should be actually be favored in that one. And it, uh, I want to say they're at home for that one too. Um, but, but yeah, Cal so United so. was expected to be one of the better Nisa squads for this yeah. year and they started out two draws. So people aren't as excited, but that could happen. And yeah, absolutely. And Syracuse pulse got a, got a win too. Mm, so they're yeah. on to the next round. So plenty of Nisa action in the U S open cup for sure. Yeah, early, early days, early days, but it's, it's early fun. Days, baby. All, right. All right. I'll let, I'll let you make your transition. I feel like uh, a little bit of an exhibitionist. We have one guest that's just been listening along and, I wish he I might, he might, he might've freaked me actually who uh, sorry, I say he, that's not fair. Yeah. Maybe they, the, uh, whoever it is might've uh, forgot that they were even, uh, maybe they just it. left it on. Cause they felt bad. They <laughs> wanted, like <laughs> leave is the only person I did. Oh wait, they're uh, typing. We got three dots. <laughs> yeah. Here they come. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a, let's have a question. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just me and Jimmy. Just me and Jimmy. Uh, poor, watching. poor Brad. He made it all the way to 2022 and got COVID. So um, Brad's had a bit of a rough go because he's also recovering from cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cancer for Brad, cancer yeah. and COVID. Oh, the yeah. three dots disappeared. He's just going to ghost us. Like oh, well, you came, she, you came, you, you came, you came with, you came with cancer and COVID and just killed the mood. <laughs> <scared about> <laughs> I don't know how else to kill time. I don't know how bad no, no, feel about a cancer show. That's fine. That's fine. We'll just keep, we'll plow forward. Um, USMNT, what do you got for, for us? Well, first of all, we qualified. So how do you qualifying in general? Um, good. I mean, it's It's great. We qualified, right? Like that's, we, we've achieved more than the 2018 squad did. And I think they did the, the last four years, you know, it was a ton of, you know, changing of the guard, if you will, lots of, lots of those players are not, you know, part of the setup anymore. Uh-huh. Um, which is Huge probably the guard 24 average. Yeah. Like, and I think it also, you know, marks the, the change in, um, some of the opportunities us players have had over the last like four years, like they keep getting more and more opportunities, whether it's, you know, younger ages with MLS squads and then moving on or even coming up through like academy setups and you see, you know, clubs investing in the United States, you know, like the, the Barcelona has an academy in the United States. They recognize that there's athletes here. Uh, it's just that we suck at uh, developing them ourselves most of the time. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that, that that's all well and good. I think I'm, um, they should qualify and I don't care if that's arrogant or not. Like that's just, 
They the qualified of, the last six before the last one they missed. So right. it's not, it's not any great accomplishment, but it is a sigh of relief in my opinion. I, I do believe in the USMNT's development and say what, say what you will about MLS and how much shit we talked earlier. Development. The league is, the league has grown. It really has. And it's why they are developing talent, sending them to Europe. And it's different than it was, right? Like, uh, like we, we mentioned earlier in like the late two thousands when they were down to like 11 clubs and it was, it was, you know, and it's, it still can be this sometimes, but it used to just be labeled a retirement league. And, um, you know, clubs have recognized the opportunity to turn and, um, whether it's about actually, you know, investing in growing players versus investing and growing monetary assets to then turn around and sell, whatever you might want to call it. Like they, they see the value in that. So you're seeing more and more of that. And I, I know that at some level, at some point, like if this continues at the growth rate that they're at, that, you know, fans are going to be like, Hey man, can we hold on to some of these guys? And maybe they'll get to that point, you know, but they're at least like the narrative has changed. Like they are, they the are is very much changed from retirement yeah. league. You don't even yeah. hear people joke about it as much anymore. There's still, some the guys, there's still some guys that come over. I mean, you're seeing sure. like the, some of the expansion teams, like, uh, um, for all know, the, the cheating inter Miami did. Yeah. yeah. Um, keep going. Yeah. And no, I'll say for all of the, like all of like, there is, there is still an aspect of that. And I think that I, I get that to a certain extent for some of these newer clubs. I think that not everyone, like everyone wants to say like, Oh, look at Atlanta United come in and, um, and the model that they did, they, they, they brought in a bunch of really talented young guys um, from South America and that's all well and good, but like it's not it's not super sustainable. You have to do it the right way. I, I think that you have to balance between being a squad that wants to grow and establish young players while also having guys that are MLS guys. Um, if you want to be you know long term uh, successful in that league, um, it's uh, and maybe I'm just because I'm I don't think I don't think snob's the right word. Um, Maybe just because I'm just just you're, you're, burned. you're I'm burned I'm burned over the years like I've been excited and then disappointed and excited and disappointed and excited and disappointed but I will say I went to an MLS game like I you saw sporting Kansas City when Busio is still there right so the last yeah game yeah so I, I actually went to a game and I I like I I will I I will never knock an MLS game person I would go to an MLS game tomorrow if someone had tickets for me that I could go the experience at Sporting KC was I gotta make incredible. it United I don't know it why was, I haven't yeah it was it was absolutely incredible. it was so much fun um like the the play translates so much better watching it live than on TV and maybe mm-hmm. it's because we want to listen to and I'm not even playing. Oh, you know what? Taylor, I will, you know what? I will blame it. I will blame it on this guy. On damn it. Taylor, Taylor Twellman sucks, man. He yeah. just absolutely sucks. Fuck like nothing kidding. takes nothing takes the joy out of soccer. Like hearing Taylor Twellman talk about soccer, um, he's the most joyless soccer human being that exists. Um, I, every time like, on the timeline, I see like this tweet cannot be seen. I know who it is. It's the only yeah. person that's ever blocked us. I think it's because I gave him a middle finger emoji. I don't even remember what it was about. Oh, I remember what it was about. It was Taylor Twellman is enemy number one of this podcast. It was it was literally for it was literally for what I just, just screened about was 
Oh no. I think we lost Jimmy. Jimmy, where art thou? No, this is the problem with Skype. Random user. This happens sometimes, and it sucks. I can't carry this on alone. I need Jimmy. Jimmy is kind of like the backbone of the podcast. He's the one that actually knows what's going on in soccer. I just kind of drink a beer and run my yap. But we were talking about MLS development with USMNT when he dropped off the call very unexpectedly. And I was thinking of all the MLS Academy products that are currently on the national team and the obvious ones, Tyler Adams, Red Bulls Academy, McKenney, FC Dallas Academy. And then I was trying to think, did, did Gio Reyna come up through Dortmund or did he come up through NYCFC? Am I remembering that correctly? See, see, I need someone else to talk to Fucking suck. I got nothing. Hold on. Jimmy's texting me real quick. Mm, oh, his iPad died. He's going to turn it back on. Hold on. He wants me to stretch. He's logging on Skype right now. So we're going to know. Do you have a topic, random user? Because I'm just fumbling in the darkness over here. First of all, who are you? Give me your name. You've been graciously listening this whole time, which I don't really understand. But I appreciate you. Have you listened to the podcast before? And I saw three dots appearing multiple times. So Jimmy's coming back on here. Holy smokes. Jimmy, Jimmy, welcome back. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to keep what just happened or not on the podcast. But <laughs> basically, there's been a very slow trickle of information on the chat coming in about, about this person that's been watching us this whole time. But not they're not they're not very open to sharing a whole lot of information. It's just been a couple of a couple of words here and there. Well, you, you could, uh, uh, maybe I'm better at rambling solo. I'm not a good rambler solo. I, I, I panic there. Did we lose him again? God damn it. God damn it. All. I'm, I'm step, stuck with guest colon nine C seven, a two, three, nine B hyphen 79 B zero hyphen four F E two hyphen eight, eight, nine, zero hyphen seven D one C eight E C three, nine, three AE. And they don't have a damn thing to say. So what happened was I put a link on Twitter and I said, anyone that wants to join us, feel free. And all we got is this phantom, this second, uh, thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. Hmm. Oh, you're talking about your username. <laughs> I want to know your real name. I want to know which team you support. I, I need a topic, buddy. You can't just come in here and watch me flounder. Someone's going to listen to this. Let's get into the Prem just a tiny little bit then, because I want to talk about the top four race, because Tottenham Hotspur are all of a sudden very much in the hunt for the top four Arsenal is floundering and you'd love to see it. You'd love to see that loss to crystal palace. All right. He said, good. All right. We're going to keep going then. So obviously it's a two team race in the prem right now between Manchester city and Liverpool, Manchester city of the two, I think look a little bit more beatable at the moment. Liverpool is just unstoppable. I, I don't, I don't even know how to describe what I'm watching. It makes me so angry. We have a we have a friend named Brian Helder who's a Liverpool fan, 
And he just doesn't know how lucky he is to be a Liverpool fan because every time they play, they fucking win. It's infuriating. But the thing about the, the title race in the Prem is it's such a little margin for error right now. One loss, one win throws it completely. And the, the, both teams are just not losing games. They never drop any points at all. So that's what makes it kind of crazy. They have eight games left. Each, each of eight, eight games left. If one of them drops a game right now, the whole, he had a choice. Is it, yeah. Well, who are you talking about? My friend, the Liverpool fan had a choice and, and it's really hard to see the chat going on right now. While I'm trying to just wax poetic, but I appreciate the words. He had a choice. How does that look? He had a choice. How does that look? Yeah. I mean, I guess I could have picked Liverpool when I was picking my, my fandom and it wasn't like Liverpool was a lock at the time that he chose them. It was like 2015, I don't know. It's not, it's not luck. I'm just, why is he lucky? It's just, it's such a delight for him to turn on the television every single time and see his team win in Tottenham. Everybody talks shit about them on the internet. And I feel like the Spurs are Spursy and I feel down about them all the time. But the fact is that they're fourth place in the prem out of 20 teams. Like they win all the time. If you're a fan of one of the other clubs in the Premier League, you don't get to see that all the time. I'm actually spoiled as a Tottenham fan, a Tottenham supporter, regardless of no trophies or or what have you. But yeah, Tottenham Tottenham fans are are lucky too. I, I suppose I'm lucky every time I turn on the TV. But Liverpool is just such a delight the way that they are able to win every single time. It's frustrating to watch in the it would be fun to see them actually win, keep winning in the champions league and then see the, the title race keep going to the end of the season. But we'll see. I know, I know man, man city is definitely thirsty for that champions league trophy. And in my mind, if I asked a man city supporter right now, what would you rather have Premier champions league? It's pretty clear what they choose every single time right now, because they've won the prem so many times. It's not a big deal to them. But winning the Champions League would be, yeah, that's 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 what they want right now. And then all of a sudden you see Chelsea with the whole, you know, obviously the Ukraine-Russia situation and the change of ownership causing chaos within that club. You're seeing them drop a lot of points all of a sudden. And right now they're actually, with their current form, a third place in the, in the Premier League is up for grabs still. It's, it, right now they're five points ahead of Tottenham. Uh, who's sitting on 54 points and they've played 30 games. Uh, we've played 30 games, Tottenham, and then Chelsea's played 29 games. So they have a game in hand and Arsenal also 54 points, 29 games played right now. So they have a game in hand right now, but you're, you're seeing maybe that third place in the champions league spots open up in the premier league all of a sudden. So you're not just seeing a, a race for the fourth spot between Tottenham, Arsenal, West Ham, and, and Manchester United who, who all of a sudden has dropped now a level, but it's not these, these final eight games, anything can happen. It's not Manchester city and Liverpool where the teams don't lose. So a loss has crazy implications on, on the outcome of the season. It's these teams in, in three through seven drop points. So you could see Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, obviously Arsenal, which the crystal palace loss was beautiful. And then West Ham 
to they've they've lost 10 games at this point in the season so they can lose too it's that that race for the last two champions league spot in my mind is all of a sudden wide open which is fun and any europa league i would be thrilled with as a tottenham supporter and i'd think any west ham supporter and our even arsenal supporter would be pretty content in europa league next season and i will say when i started watching soccer about four years ago at this point I was very spoiled by Champions League soccer and, and the way Tottenham every single year was in it and not only in it, making the knockout rounds and then obviously the Champions League final the one year. Uh, I didn't realize how lucky I had it. So now being dropping down to the to the Conference League this year and then dropping out of that competition, I'd be thrilled with Europa League next year. Of course, Champions League's the goal and I think – if they don't make Champions League, you will see Harry Kane move on, which is a scary thought. But yeah, I mean, anything could happen in the top four race. And the relegation battle still is kind of hot. And the, the big news for everyone is the Toffees. Really, they've played 29 games or at 25 points. They're right above Burnley, who's 29 games equal and 24 points, and you just saw Burnley beat Everton 3-2 after Richarlison put them ahead, and Everton could realistically go down. It's one of the, one of the, uh, there's only six clubs in the Prem that have not gone down. Everton is one of them. Imagine if Frankie Lampard and the boys, including Deli Alley, go down to the championship. It's, it's very possible. They're still right now in 17th, and and my money is on them staying up when you look at Burnley, Watford, and Norwich being the other three teams. And I think it's safe to say that Norwich is Norwich and Josh Sargent and Timu Puki are pretty safely in that relegation zone. Although one win, all of a sudden they're up to 19 and only four points off of Everton. And yeah, I guess relegation battle is still very much a question between it's a four team race at this point between Everton, Burnley, Watford and Norwich city um, Leeds and Jesse March. Hold on. Let them go down. Let chaos reign is what this, uh, what our guest has said in the, in the chat. And yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I've been rooting for it. Definitely. I've definitely been rooting for Everton to go down. I'm also sick of Burnley, Watford and Norwich city. They're all yo-yo squads. And I think Jesse Marsh, Marsh and Leeds will do just enough, and they've won. They've had some dramatic games here where they've gotten points in the last second. And I think Leeds and United now, they're six points above the drop. Although they have played two more games in both Everton and Burnley, so I guess they're still, they're still in there. And Newcastle, you know, they've won a lot of games left. They spent a lot of money in the January transfer window, so I think, I think they're safe at this point. And it was nice to see... Tottenham just absolutely kicked their ass last weekend. I was a little nervous about that game going in just because the way Newcastle United has been in their form. And I thought Tottenham had a chance to maybe drop points, but no, hopefully, hopefully Tottenham is a champions league squad. And, and I think a lot, a lot has to do with their January signings. You look at Kulisevsky out on the, the right wing and he has just been fantastic. He's, he's, Involved, his goal contribution rate has been incredibly high. He's not the fastest guy on the pitch, which was pretty noticeable early on, but he's smart with the ball at his feet. 
He's always looking to either score or pass the ball to a player in a dangerous area. He's only 21 years old, and they're definitely going to buy him at the end of the season after the loan. And then you look at the other quote-unquote Juventus cast-off, Benton Kerr, and I think he's honestly been my favorite player on the pitch since January. It's it's what Tottenham has been missing in the midfield since Moussa Dembele left. And you saw that a little bit with, with Oliver Skip, and I think that actually Skippy and Benton Kerr, once Skip is healthy, will be that defensive midfield pairing you'll see. And take nothing away from Hoybier. Everybody loves Hoybier. Him and Hoybier and Bentinker is also another very nice partnership to have. And um, yeah, all of a sudden there's just a lot to be hopeful in, in Tottenham land. Um, obviously a couple wins does that and you, you never know. They'll probably be Spurs the last eight games of the season, but uh, one more quick shout to, I, I, I have to just talk about Christian Erickson and it's, People talk about it at ad nauseum on Twitter, obviously, but the, the man died on the pitch, literally, literally dead in the, in the Euros for Denmark. And it was such a wild scene, but he wasn't dead for that long. You know, he was only dead for, was it less than a minute? But still, he died in last, it hasn't even been a year. And this guy is back on the field for for Brentford after getting kicked out of the, the Italian league for not being able to play because of, I don't even know what you call it in his heart, but obviously if it stops, it's going to jumpstart his heart again. But this man is playing like, like a man that's looked death in the face and, and decided, listen, death, I want to play soccer for as long as I can. And I still want to be a badass. And I've been really benefiting from Erickson's revival his resurrection, if you will, because I have Tony on my fantasy premier league squad and it's been nice. He's been getting a lot of points. So low key, I I will never enjoy premier league fantasy as much as I enjoy NFL fantasy football. Cause I just love Tottenham more than I'll love any individual player, but it is pretty fun to play. So if you, if you don't, if you don't have, if you don't have a league set up where you play premier league fantasy, it's pretty fun. I would think about it. But with that, I mean, I'm at 56 minutes here. Um, I appreciate the little boost at the end there from our anonymous person that's still hanging on in the chats. And I don't know what happened to Jimmy. The tornado could have could have ran over his house just there. I have no idea. He he has not texted. He ghosted me. His computer died. His iPad died, and he just left me. So without further ado to end this broadcast I appreciate you all I love you good night Sit alone in fourth place in the table.